0: Hello, everybody. Welcome into your latest episode of Nothing But Bets, a basketballnews.com podcast network podcast. I am joined by Matt Moore. As you might know, I'm on Twitter at HP Basketball. Does great work as well on the Action Network. He does written content, audio content, video content, really does it all for the Action Network. He's been a longtime NBA writer, been a follow have had for many years. I'm glad to have him on the show today. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. Excited for the start of the season. Last night was a
1: great kickoff tip-off, whatever you want to refer to it as. Great opening night, uh, and excited for our first full slate. I love these full slates when there's so many games that you're trying to keep
0: track of. I, that's where I thrive, and I'm excited to, to start the season. Yeah, 11 games time. Uh, like you said, a full slate of action tonight. And I wanted to hit on some of these games with you, maybe some of your best bets. And at the end of the show, we're going to dive into the Phoenix Suns versus Denver Nuggets matchup a little bit more in-depth because I do cover the Phoenix Suns. You covered Denver Nuggets as well a little bit more in-depth. So we'll hit on that later on the show and get your best bet for that matchup as well. But before we even dive into any game in particular, Matt, is there one game across the board tonight that really stands out to you as a, as like a mere mortal lock to you? Um, Yeah, you
1: know, I, <laughs> I always shy away from from lock just based off of the fact that it's the NBA, it's a regular season. I will say yeah, that my true. strongest confidence is, my best bet for the night is uh, Wolves minus 5.5 versus Rockets. This number feels very much predicated on last year's performance. Um, I've got this model of last year's numbers at 2.8. You get the Wolves at home, so let's pump that up to, you know, about five based off of home court where it was last season. Um, It it only being after that, an edge of a half a point for the Wolves feels low. So I I like the Wolves a lot in the spot. I think they're better this season. I think the biggest difference is Chris Finch. Establish some things late last season and choosing not to tank that I think are going to pay off immediately for this team. They've changed their defensive scheme, which I've been yelling about for years, wanting them to, you know, to go to more of an aggressive scheme. They're going to play at the level, which is going to put more pressure on young, inexperienced ball handlers like KPJ and Jalen Green. Um you know, Christian Wood, I think, was better defensively last year than he has been in the past, but he's not ready for Carl any Towns. I think there's Daniel Tice, Albert Chagoon, certainly not. So, Cats going to feast. Uh, ultimately, this Rockets team, I just don't think, is going to have enough defense. And the Wolves have played with the physicality in preseason that I think will carry over. Additionally, I've got this number that I've been floating around just as far as, like, a supporting trend. You want to not rely on the trend or start with the trend. You want it to be a supporting factor. But... Opening night teams that are home favorites um, where their money line is less than, than minus 300 are 39, 15, 39, 15 for 72%. And when they're more than a five and a half point favorite in those spots, they're 33 and 22, which is 59% hit rate. So that's ATS that's
0: against the spread. So uh, Wolves minus five and a half definitely is my best bet for the night. That's a really good one. I like that matchup, especially with just the way Houston set up this year. Like you mentioned, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. Minnesota has something to prove this year with Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell. They barely really played much together that trio last year just due to separate injuries. So really excited to watch Minnesota this year, but want to dive into a different matchup. I've seen some late movement on here. That's really intriguing me tonight, even though they are ravaged by injuries themselves. The Indiana Pacers, it was a minus two line last I checked it. This morning, it's now down to minus one when they go down to face the Charlotte Hornets. What's your thoughts on that matchup? Because obviously the Pacers have some bonus. They have Miles Turner. You're going to see LaMelo ball in the Charlotte Hornets. They had a really good offseason as well in Charlotte. The late movement there, going down a point, I mean, they're going to be missing Karis Levert and TJ Warren. Uh, Jeremy Lamb is also questionable as well. How do you factor in those injuries when you look at a matchup like this? You know, Justin Holiday
1: is uh, questionable. I want to wait and see what whether he's going to play. That's a big one. I want to wait and see what the injury report says about Holiday. I don't know if the news is out on him yet, um, and so I, I would definitely wait on that. I'll say this: I grabbed this line early in preseason when they came out as dogs, just because I was I wanted to get bets in immediately. And for me, uh, look, the Pacers I think should win this game. I think there's value on the Pacers money line in this spot. I, I think the Pacers. A lot of this is just if you look at the Hornets, so again, we're looking at how I'm trying to get a figure on where the market and where the public is basing too much on last year's performance. And the Hornets were this respectable team that, you know, hung around last year and were in a spot to compete and made the play in tournament. The Pacers made the play in tournament as well, obviously, but there's kind of like more, forgive the pun, buzz around Hornets just because they're new, LaMelo, shiny, et cetera. But here's the thing with the Hornets. How did they got worse over the offseason? I I, I like Mason Plumlee a lot, covered him here in Denver. Good player, good locker room presence. However, I think actually going from Cody Zeller to Plumlee is a downgrade. Zeller was one of the best switch defenders in the league last season. Borrego likes to throw in zone and switch coverages a lot. That's not Mason Plumlee's strength. I think that's a downgrade. Uh, I think losing Devontae Graham and not really being able to pick up a significant upgrade is a downgrade. Where I may be off on this, where my cap may be wrong, is that Book Knight might be able to be the the player that gives them more of a boost than I'm expecting. As a rookie, it's an unknown. Um, I wasn't super high on him in the draft process, but he's looked really good in preseason looks NBA ready immediately. So that may be one of the differentials, but this Pacers team has a significantly more talent and the core elements are still playing. If I've got to go to a side, I'm definitely going to be taking the Pacers. I don't love it because it's a road dog and a home opener. Um, But in general, I think the line, the, the advantage has to be on the Pacers here.
0: Another road dog here that I actually might like personally on the road. it's going to be a ruckus atmosphere tonight at Madison Square Garden. The Boston Celtics take on the New York Knicks. I I have some buy-in buzz a little bit on Jason Tatum as an MVP dark horse. I think he's going to have a monster year this season, Matt. What's your thoughts on this matchup where the Boston is, uh, according to DraftKings, favored to um, their one and a half point underdogs, excuse me, against New York Knicks?
1: Yeah, I've got a small position on the Celtics. Jalen Brown is going to play. Um, Kind of concerning that he just said that he had some difficulty breathing when he had COVID because he was symptomatic. Yikes. Uh, But he is going to play tonight and has looked good in practice. That I think is going to move this line. Um, I'm going to be on Boston on the money line again here. I'm with you on this. I will say this. My colleague Joe Dallara over at Action Network did point out this trend, and it does concern me. Um, Over his coaching career, Tom Thibodeau's teams are 189 and 66 straight up as home favorites, including an incredible 16-1 and last season with the Knicks. That's a little bit of a yikes. Uh, but I'll just say, I think Boston probably like um, adding him a walker, I think was a good thing for the Knicks. I think he'll look good. I think the Knicks getting Mitchell Robinson back will help. I think there's a lot of like trends here of, of the Knicks. I think the Knicks win total was way too low at 41 and a half. The Knicks are still going to be competitive. However, the Celtics, I think, are getting a lot of internal improvement that people aren't expecting. Um, if you followed the process, like summer league through preseason, their bench guys look really good, particularly Aaron Neesmith. Now, I'm a little concerned about Robert Williams, who struggled mightily in preseason. But that's a, a real concern point. But Horford's going to be an adult on the floor. I'm expecting a big jump from Tatum. They still should be very good. I, th- I think ultimately in this matchup, this is, these are two teams that tend to try very hard in the regular season. If Ema Odoka picks up the same kind of trend, that, the identity that Brad Stevens had, then this is going to be a hard-fought affair with a high level of effort. Again, it's tough to go with a road, with a road dog here. But at only one and a half, I will say the number drops significantly once you get into this kind of a range in terms of the success rate for home openers. So uh, much like with the Pacers, I, on the surface level, I don't think the right team is favored here. I still think this should probably be Celtics minus one. And so I do think there's value on the Celtics.
0: Another matchup here, Matt, obviously a lot of drama revolving around this matchup. Philadelphia in New Orleans tonight. Ben Simmons, L situation, he was wearing sweatpants and his phone in his pocket on day one. Day two, he doesn't even want to practice. He gets thrown out of by Doc Rivers. Do you think this is a d- distraction at all for Philadelphia tonight? They are four-point favorites according to the DraftKings against the Pelicans. No Zion Williamson tonight, so that obviously changes things. But there's been a lot of movement on this line the last couple of days of this Simmons situation. It's been wild. I mean, this this line opened minus one and a half because they thought
1: Zion was going to play. It was still minus one and a half when David Griffin came out and said Zion had foot surgery. Um, I bet it when it came out because I was like, no, the Sixers are are better than no matter what happens with Simmons, the Sixers are better than the Pelicans. Then Zion was in question. I bet it again. It still didn't move. Then it became clear Zion wasn't going to play this balloon to three and then three and a half and then move to four. And then yesterday, the Simmons debacle happened. So it moves back down to three. Now today, there's been movement on it. It's back up to four. I will say this in our Action Network um, app, we've got 82% of the bets on Philadelphia, but 63% of the money. So there's some sharp money that's come in on the Pelicans. I, I still feel like you have to play the the Sixers here, this may be a square line. Like there's big money and we've got sharp signals on the Pelicans. I, I'm sorry, the Pelicans without Zion Williamson, how am I supposed to trust them to beat a team that's got Joel Embiid? If Embiid wasn't playing, then sure. But the starters are going to win, should win their minutes this, for the Sixers by a solid like five to ten points. And then you've got a bench unit, I think for New Orleans, that's talented but is unproven. And the Sixers bench isn't great for sure, but it's also shown some things. you got Isaiah Joe, you've got um, Paul Reed, you've got all these guys off the bench that I think are going to contribute for the Sixers this year. Even without Simmons, I still am a little baffled that this line isn't higher. My numbers for this, for uh, what it would have been for these two teams over the course of last season's numbers is way higher. Uh, I'm a little surprised that it's this. Again, you have a road favorite in the in the in an opener game a little bit dicey but i i have i bet i'll say this i bet the sixers a minus one and a half i'm not adding to it at three or four and a half i'm good with my position i'm a little concerned that this one is a trap like i'm just a little concerned that i'm like especially i watched i had we i do nba bet streams which you can find on league pass um for like they give you a betting side of just watching a game and doing bets during the game I did one of these Sixers Pelicans games last year where the Sixers should have destroyed them, and they lost, and it was baffling. So I'm always a little cautious with the with the Sixers. I'm staying at one and a half. I think it's a play at three. It's at four. I think it's a stay away.
0: Yeah, this is a line here where I might stay away as well, plus four. If it's anything lower than that, if you tease it down a little bit, I would definitely ride with the Sixers here. But it's going to be one of those matches where I really don't know what to expect going in. Even without Zion Williamson, I feel like New Orleans could really keep us close throughout. But let's dive into the biggest matchup as far as the spread goes, this is just a monster spread tonight, Matt, Utah, 13 point favorites over Oklahoma city. How do you encounter this matchup as far as the point spread goes? Do you even dare go Utah by 13 or is that too much for you? It's too much. It's, it's, it's too much when we just don't know anything about
1: the season. Right. And every season is a, is its own organism. Um, Utah wound up as my second biggest best bet for preseason win total um, I bet them over 51 and a half. I bet them over 52 and a half. I bet them over 53 and a half at a plus number. Like I hammered that line. Utah should be great. Uh, OKC should tank. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is pretty good. Like he's a, he's a pretty good player. Josh Giddey's looked pretty good. Uh, the problem here, I think, is that the Thunders are well coached. Mark Dagonal, I think, is a really good is going to be a really good coach in this league. Their organizational stability, like they focus on the right things. The Thunder may shift to a full-out tanking effort by midseason, I'm expecting. They will not bottom out immediately. Now, it's the Jazz at home, right? So this seems a little soft. I just don't want to lay 13. I just I I'm comfortable laying 13 when it's a Tuesday in February and you know a team's on a west coast road trip and they're heading into Utah and they're tired and exhausted and Utah just pounds these teams. They're really good versus these teams under 500 which we expect the Thunder to be. Even with the home opener which gives you an edge, I just don't want to lay 13 this early. It just I need some of the fatigue and the newness of what to, to wear off. This is a game where everyone's going to try. Everyone's excited for this game. Um, the Thunder are outmashed here, no question. But I don't want to lay 13. It's just too much. And I definitely don't want to grab 13 in a Jazz home opener versus a bad team.
0: Now, if you just want to bet for fun tonight, I think Jazz Moneyline might be the best lock to do. It's a minus 1,000 odds, so it's not you're going to win that much. But if you just want to get on the action tonight, I think Jazz Moneyline against a, a Thunder team that we all know is going to be tanking. Well, you know what you can do is you take that jazz 1000 and you do a round Robin
1: parlay with a bunch of the dogs that we talked about. Right. Ooh, yeah. and, then, and then if you hit, then you're, then you're probably talking about not a, not a great return, but that gives you a little bit more of an edge. If you, I, I will say, if you're doing a round Robin, you might as well throw in the jazz. Cause I don't, I just think i losing this game.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And just for example, if we were going to toss in your uh, upset specialty, you got already to say with Boston and Indiana, that's plus three fifty one odds on DraftKings for a three team parlay, so you can make some good money on that if you want to go ahead and do that off our advice here. But one more matchup before we dive in that I wanted to hit on specifically with you before we dive in a little bit to Nuggets versus Suns tonight. It's gonna to be a one hell of a matchup in my opinion tonight at Footprint Center in Phoenix. The Toronto Raptors hosting the Washington Wizards. We've heard a lot about Bradley Beal and his status of COVID nineteen. He, he, I believe he's still unvaccinated as well. We all know I have with Kyrie Irving and with Brooklyn, but a lot of different thing right now with. Bradley Beale. He was able to play a massive garden. So I do wonder what he'll be like this year as far as an unvaccinated player. But tonight in Toronto, the Raptors are minus two and a half point favorites according the DraftKings. I feel like this one could go either way, honestly. I could see a huge night from Bradley Beale where the Wizards went outright, or we could see a big night from a guy like OG Ananobi who's getting some buzz a little bit in the most improved player discussion. The Wizards have gotten big money
1: coming in on them and we're tracking sharp signals at Action Network. Um it's the Raptors is a short home favorite. Again, these short home favorites don't do as well as a medium home favorites in the spot in the home openers. Um, I don't know what the Raptors bench is such a mess. Like no one really wants to talk about this because they were so good at player development, but it's been like, I I do not. There's a reason that Chris Boucher does not consistently land in the, like his minutes are inconsistent and you can tell that there's frustration there. No Pascal Siakam. (sighs) I don't know. I I don't know where to go with this. I will say this. My guy Raheem Palmer, we did this on our Buckets podcast for Wednesday, um, in our best bets for for that day. His best bet for the night, one of his three best bets is the over. And he bet when it was way lower, <laughs> way lower. It like this moved way down. And then this morning, after we recorded that last night, it's jumped back up. Like it's moved significantly up. Uh in the last 12 hours, we've seen this line go from 218 when we recorded, it is 222 and a half. It's a four and a half point movement. I still think that's probably low. Um, I think you, if you can get this at 222 or lower, I think the over is a play here. I don't trust the Raptors bench to be able to get stops. The Wizards defense still looked very shaky in preseason. Um, they added better defenders, KCP. I think Kuzma is actually a really good defender now, but. Overall, I don't think they have the rim protection. I think, I think people are expecting a lot out of Daniel Gafford when I don't think he's a great rotational defender and their point of attack. I'm just not sure if Bradley Beal is going to play great defense until he's on an elite team when suddenly he tries again. So I like the over in this matchup. Um, it probably won't be one of my best bets because I've, I haven't gotten – I got it last night at 218. It's not a best bet at 222, which is four points higher, but it still probably, I think there's still probably value here up to 223.
0: Game of the night tonight, in my opinion, Matt, I imagine it is for you as well. The Denver Nuggets travel to the Phoenix Suns to take for a rematch of the Western Conference semifinals where the Suns did sweep the Denver Nuggets. Still no Jamal Murray, as so he rehabs from his knee injury. But I'm really curious to see how Michael Porter Jr. does this year, especially with the way Phoenix kind of exploited his defense in the playoffs. Nicole Jokic, MVP from last year, I think he's going to have a monster year this year as well. And then Phoenix, a really strong team. All of a sudden, there might be a distraction internally, though with DeAndre and you have to see how motivated he is after you getting to clown that max extension. So what's your thoughts on this matchup tonight, Matt, because six and a half points, I think for this matchup is pretty big, but I did go ahead and lay the points a couple days ago on Phoenix. What's your expectation for this match? Cause I feel like it's gonna be a really close one, maybe till the end.
1: It's interesting. You think that, uh, I've got sons minus six, minus six, I've been at five and a half and I've been at six too. Um, I think this is a mismatch. I think in large part, I think Jamal Murray, look, your average NBA player, your star player moves the line about two, two and a half points. Your superstar, mega stars, like Paul George will move at three and a half. Um, Jamal Murray in this matchup, against an on average line night, he moves, he's gonna move the the spread between one and a half to two points. I think in this matchup, he legitimately moves at four because you have to the the that series last year taught us you have to have a pick and roll point guard that can attack this team. If the Suns are allowed to use Aiden to focus in on Jokic with no concern for the pick-and-roll threat, which Michael Porter Jr. is just not there yet, I think he's still going to have a really good season and score and shoot efficiently and have rebounds. But he's just not – like he doesn't make great reads in pick-and-roll. He doesn't have a great feel for five-on-five. He's just an excellent skill package. Without having a guard that can really do that, and I don't think Bones Highland is is ready for this level yet, They just simply do not have the ways to attack Phoenix the way that they need to. Um, I'm lower on Phoenix this season. I have bet they're under. I think that their injury health probably doesn't hold up this season. I think missing Dario Saric is going to be a big loss for them in terms of having a counter option with a small ball five out in their bench lineups. I think that's really going to hurt them. I did not like the JVL McGee move for that reason is that you're basically trying to replicate what you have in the starting unit, but this is the suns. Western Conference defending champions in their home opener versus a team that they have like there's a little bit of bad blood here. Like there's a there's a little bit of bad blood. The Suns talked a lot to the Nuggets and the Nuggets have made it clear actually they care about this game. Um which you would think it gives edge to this the Nuggets but I just think they're outmatched. The Nuggets in preseason have looked really shaky and have not had good practices. Malone let into them as as recently as Saturday and on Monday it was not like okay they came in and everything's fixed they tend to respond in really good moments of of adversity, but they have to have specific tactical advantages. They don't in this game. So I, I have Phoenix and around Robin on the money line and I have Phoenix minus five and a half and I have Phoenix minus five and a half and round Robins. I think this is the best bet. Um, Again, it fits in that profile of, of like the wolves games I was talking about earlier, where they're under a 300 money line. So it's right in that sweet spot of not priced out for value, but not so short that it's more of a coin flip than the book wants you to know. Uh, it's right in that kind of sweet spot. I, I think the Suns take care of business tonight. I like this matchup for them. I like them minus six part of it.
0: Really quickly, just on this matchup, uh, with Nicole Jokic and DeAndre Aiden specifically, I've seen what he did last year against Jokic in the playoffs. I mean, Jokic had some good nights, but Aiden really held his own in that Western Conference semifinals matchup and made it difficult for Denver without Jamal Murray out there. Phoenix able to just really focus in. A lot of their coverage is on Michael Porter Jr. on both sides with Aiton handling the load against Jokic. Do you feel like Aiton is one of the better matchups so far against Jokic in his career? Because I feel like, honestly, Jokic has to really working. against a guy like Aiton who is b- really bulky. He's very quick as well. He doesn't really get in the foul trouble much at all. It's a really intriguing one-on-one matchup there.
1: Jokic said before the series last year, it was funny, uh, his rookie season is one of his first games. Aiden played Jokic and Jokic annihilated him. Like it was, like it was, it was a welcome to the NBA rook moment. And after the game, Aiden said, I've got a lot of things to learn. And he was talking about some of the officiating and the sneaky stuff that Jokic does. And you could take it as like this, like bitter, he was flopping or whatever, but it was more of Jokic had so many crafty tricks that Aiden was like, Oh, like it was a real appreciation. They've got a high level of respect for one another before last year's playoff series, Jokic actually – this has been a point of debate. In my recollection, and I need to pull the actual quote, Jokic said, he does give me trouble. Like, he's a difficult matchup for me. And then he really did great in the playoffs. Um, I looked this up in the regular season last year. This is regular season. Even though the Nuggets won that the season series 2-1. Uh, they had Jamal Murray, notably. Um, versus every center that Nikola Jokic faced. Minimum 25 guarded possessions, Jokic had the worst effective field goal percentage versus Aiden. So there is a high level of disruption here. It's just a tough matchup for him. And that's a credit to Aiden. And it's a little bit about his combination of athleticism and size where Jokic can bully springy guys. He's he used to have trouble versus springy guys, but he's gotten to where he can bully them. Can't do that versus Aiden. Um, and most big guys he's too quick for, but Aiden's very quick. So that combo really does give him issues. I tend to be a little gun shy, like I'm not playing props on this game on, you know, fading Jokic because his individual skill and ability to impact the game is so high that Jokic can you can have the best matchup and Jokic will still just have a night where he just wrecks you because he's one of the best players in the world. But if you ask me for my probabilistic outcome, I would say that Jokic is likely to have an uninspiring or average night versus Aiden rather than look spectacular.
0: Last one here for you, Matt. Great stuff as always. Go follow him on Twitter if you haven't already at HP Basketball. But one more thing for you because sports gambling just got legalized out here in Arizona about a month ago. So many states are now legalizing sports betting. We see a lot of, of teams in arenas. Even the Phoenix Suns now have a sports book in their own arena. They're de- debuting tonight. What's your tips or thoughts for any new gamblers out there listening to this podcast or trying to get involved with NBA betting? Is there any tips out there you can give them? Because it's a, it's a nightly thing in the NBA, especially when it gets going in the regular season. And yet there's games every single night pretty much. What's your any tips out there you want to get to new new bettors? Don't tease.
1: Never tease an NBA. There are no key numbers for you to tease through. So teasers do not help you. There's no value there. Um, I would say be don't get suckered in by don't ever think that the book doesn't know something that that you know um and why by that i mean if you look at you say like but they're on a back-to-back that's priced into the line if you're like oh but they're coming off of a loss they really need this game that's priced into the line like everything's priced in the line what you need to be focused on is do you think the matchup works is there you know extra data if you want to get an edge be ahead of the news like if an injury comes in bet that or go the other way play contrarian i've done that too where If a player is out, I'll wait until the line goes way, way up in the other direction. And then, you know, kind of fade the injury impact because oftentimes the public will overreact to injuries throughout the regular season, um, focusing on teams that are built for regular season basketball. They're good at drop coverage and pick and roll, which there's different ways for you to be able to evaluate that look for overall good defensive teams, um, pay attention to teams that are really good versus teams under 500. They win and cover at very good rates. Uh, Oh, and always bet Mike Budenholzer versus division opponents. Always, (laughs) every single time, bet Mike Budenholzer versus division opponents. Those are my best recommendations for you outside of get the Action Network app. Um, It's going to give you, you can set it to tell you when a line moves or when it gets to a certain threshold, you get up to the second information on where the money's coming in. You get, uh, we have updates, we have all of our analysis, we have props, we have all these types of things. It's a great
0: app. It's very fast. It's the best way to track your bets as well. Check
1: it out at the Action Network
0: app. Great stuff there, Matt. Like I mentioned, go follow him on Twitter if you haven't already, at HP Basketball. He's the NBA lead writer for the Action Network. And go down to the Action Network app as well, like you mentioned. It actually is a really valuable tool for betters out there. He's also the podcast host on the Action Network, Locked on NBA and Locked on Nuggets. You've seen him on Twitter, you know who he is. He's one of the more recognizable guys on NBA Twitter. Matt, appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, man.